0: Welcome to Deadly Discussions. I'm your host Isaac Harrison. This is a podcast on social entrepreneurship and before we get started I'd like to acknowledge the traditional landowners on whose land we're today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Now today I am joined by Dr. Kashik Shrida, I hope I pronounced that correctly mate, um, who i a, oh, I'll let him explain it himself, but he's a man of many um, abilities uh, he also has his own um, blog that he touches on sustainability and things he does, um, but I'm not going to ruin the introduction. Uh, Dr. Kashik, um you could do it yourself. So welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Isaac. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's it's an absolute honor. You know, I've, I'm a big follower of your podcast and also your work itself. And um, you know, just just the invitation to be able to to speak on on this podcast is is wonderful. So um, yeah, now I'm I'm really excited to have a, a conversation with you.
0: No worries. Thanks, mate. Um, I really appreciate the uh, the kind words, and I'm also following some of uh, the work you've done. I know you you go on a lot of panels and and give keynote uh, mm-hmm. speaking around uh, sustainability and the corporate level. And I'd love to touch on today about. Um, that it's not just a lip service, it's not just, a, you know, a hot word everyone's saying like sustainability, sustainability or mm. social enterprises or you know, indigenous business, that it's mm. actually a genuine reason why we're out there trying to bring these social impacts and bring something back for the, the shareholders, you know, that it can be a win-win for everyone. So, why don't we start on your upbringing, your story, your education. So, whereabouts uh, in this wide world were you, uh, you born?
1: So I'm uh, from India, Isaac. So I was yep. born in Chennai, which is South India, and um, pretty much at the age of two, migrated to Lagos, Nigeria, which is West Africa.
2: Yeah, wow. Um,
1: my dad got a he got a a job there um, in an electronics firm, and um, so yeah, my upbringing was basically in Lagos. Um, and I would consider myself today a Nigerian by heart, absolutely. You know, Indian wow. by blood, yep. Australian by passport, but Nigerian by blood.
0: Yeah, well, so that would make a very interesting um, dinner at your place. would not it? if you've got some <laughs> Indian and Nigerian influence there.
1: Yes, it's, it's different. It's just a completely different environment. And you're at two or three at, the age, at that age. It's not easy or you can't really absorb, you know, what yep. you're getting yourself into. Yep. Um, but I have to say... Um, I think everywhere that I've lived in the 35 years that I've been on this planet, Isaac, pretty yep. much, has amalgamated into what I am today. Um, yep. And I think that's that's really important. You know, when they talk about being a global citizen, yes. until you've experienced different cultures, it's not. It's not. Um, I think that uh, without being too too uh, loose with my words here, yeah. I, I think you're probably not complete, yeah. um, because experiencing different cultures kind of adds a, a piece to your puzzle of who you are, yeah. I truly believe. Nigeria had a certain personality, India had a certain personality, yes, I lived in America for eight years, they, that had a different personality, and I was in yeah. Australia, um, so yeah, so I'm absolutely grateful for the the, the background that I have, it's, some might say a bit crazy, you know, with some of the yeah. stories that I have, but um, um, I think at the end of the day, it made, it made me into who I am
0: yeah I, I, I can I completely understand uh, you know knowing growing up there was you know one weekend we'd be at my grandma's, my father yeah. who's Anglo uh, Australian and we'd be eating liver gravy and onions with a bit of mashed potato and we'd be yeah. you know putting out eating properly we'd put our cutlery in the right sides. and the next week we'd be eating um, sea turtle out of tin foil. Um, and so, with our bare hands. So, it's and then you like, yep. go to school with a majority white Australian um, classroom. So, mm. it was like growing up going, well, what is my identity? Mm. Um, what is Australian? What is Indigenous? Mm. And then I remember mean, we first saw our first uh, Indian kid join the class and he had a turban. He was Sikh um, and everyone's like, what's on his head? You know, like all surprised, like never seen this in their life and it's like grade 10 and you haven't seen someone uh, except for on the cricket, you know, on the TV. And um, it was just incredible that there's the culture divide. And I, I love what you're saying because, yeah, until you've gone out to the world and see how people have different personalities and the different way to do yep. things, it helps me understand. You know, my wife's father is from South India, her mother's Anglo Australian from right. Geelong. And so I was able to quickly um, understand when we'd be sitting there eating with her uh, Indian side, and then we'd be over. Here. Um, with the Geelong side, the difference is because I grew up with that. But if I grew up with mm. the one culture, I'd be very mm. confused. And sometimes you take offense at different um, cues or different um, ticks that people say or sayings. You're like, oh, what does that mean? You know, you don't know where they're coming from. But having that exposure, I think so important, not just for a personal growth, but mm. then for business as well. I know when I'm dealing with other business owners or with clients, and I know they've got um, cultural backgrounds, I'm able to relate really quickly. And then yep. understand where they're coming from you know if they didn't get back to me straight away and they come from a culture that's more laid back well then that is understandable you know if they're really pushing to get something done they might from a culture that's very fast pace and like always on the move so i found that was actually really um important to have going into business and then networking and relationships because you start to understand where you know where people are coming from
1: yeah that's that's such a good point isaac and you know there are many discussions today around you know uh, adaptability, resilience, um, you know so many of those soft yeah. skills that aren't necessarily taught in universities, um, but it's such a critical component of doing business today. and if you talk about sustainability, yeah. which is a topic that not everyone easily understands. I mean to you and I it seems pretty mainstream,
3: yeah. but there
1: are you know it's it's a it's a topic that constantly needs reinforcement and education. and when you try to have a conversation about sustainability, with, yeah. with people who are not yet fully on board, the ability to communicate, the ability to adapt, the ability to be resilient with what you might get back, yes. um, determines the type of buy-in that you're going to get yeah. for that agenda and embedding it within business. Um, and I, I truly believe my upbringing, you know, played a very key role in that. You know, yeah. you're talking about your experiences at the dinner table, um, I'll share something slightly left field. Um, yeah, you go you know, for it. In, in Nigeria, which is not one of the most safest countries in the world, Yeah, uh, and <laughs> you know, being an only child, yep. I made for a very easy ransom You know, for, for kidnappers and, wow. and whatnot, and I was actually held at gunpoint wow. three times yep. uh, from between the ages of six and eight. Wow. Um, uh, because these, these people basically wanted to rob my parents, um, yeah. and they saw me as an easy target.
3: Yeah. And I guess
1: the reason I'm sharing that is, you know, the, every I guess everything you go through in life, every incident you go through, good, bad, overwhelming, underwhelming, whatever it might be, if you can find something in that, yeah. that you can basically harness um, and leverage... Uh for me, those incidents basically turned me into something that's quite i wouldn't say cold, yeah. but um you know slightly stone like when they're yeah. very stressful situations, <laughs> yeah, wow, um, Wow, so you know just feel like you're just that,
0: switching yeah. off, you're just sort of just turning turning off when the situations come up, sort of thing yeah yeah
1: exactly and and everyone goes through you know difficult situations, but that was mine, yeah uh, wow, and I chose to harness that in a certain way, so so there you go,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's I was gonna ask about growing up in Nigeria, not the safest country. Um, Was there a large Indian community there? There was, yeah. Okay, I'll see. There was
1: quite a significant Indian community, um, and um, I went to an Indian school. Yeah. I know I was taught Hindi. Um, uh, Yeah. That's obviously our national language. Yeah. But as you know, through my background and my blog, Isaac, I was... Also, a tennis player. So, my routine yeah. was not really so much of a social yep. person. I was actually quite introverted.
2: Yeah, wow. Um,
1: very shy. And all that my routine was basically you know, wake up, go to yep. school, come back, go for a tennis lesson, come back. Study and then lights out. You know that was
0: yeah. Wow.
1: I don't want to say my parents brought me up in a military style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you had
0: dinner somewhere in between that Luckily, as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a well timed three meal a day. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah. So I actually didn't really have a lot of interactions. I didn't have actually many yeah, okay.
2: friends. Yeah.
1: Um. But tennis was my life. Um, so, I knew uh, my tennis racket was my best friend
3: Yeah, um, wow.
1: and um, so I actually wasn't exposed too much to the Nigerian way of living or the, yep. even the Indian way of living. I was yep. just exposed to the, you know, the streeter's way of living.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And Routine. That yeah. And we'll, we'll come back to being an introvert and some of the stuff you're doing now because um, yeah. now you're <laughs> sitting in front of rooms of a couple of hundred people having a having yarn. <laughs> so, we'll come back and do that. But so, sure. growing up, so university in uh, Nigeria or were you sent abroad?
1: No, Isaac. So, um, funny, funny story. Yeah. Um, uh, how do I, how do I keep this succinct? So when I was um, just, I'll just take three minutes of your time. To yeah, go kind for of it. Mate. Close the loop on the background yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually on Hard Quiz two weeks ago, believe it or not, on the ABC show with Tom Gleason. <laughs> really. And gave the world an insight. <laughs> yeah. To my background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, what happened, Isaac, is um, my dad was a tennis player, so yeah. every Sunday I would. Accompany him and his friends pick up tennis balls as a ball boy. Yeah, yep. One of his friends pulled a hammy, and my dad said, "You're gonna step in." So I yep. picked up a racket at six. Yeah. Basically, at twelve, I became number one in the country. Yeah, and At wow. thirteen, um, I was found by John Newcomb. Yeah. Um, and he said, do you, "Do you want to come to Texas, United States, and yep. pursue a career in professional tennis?" Um, so I actually left my parents at a very young age. You was know, wow. The only child. It was a yep. very um, I wouldn't say traumatic, but it yep. was a very difficult experience to be in such a comfortable place, comfortable zone, yep. um, and actually say, nope, we're going to have an ocean between us, and yeah, I, wow. I may or may not see you, you know, as often as I would like to. But yep. so 13 to now 35, I've been away from my parents.
3: Wow. Um,
1: I kind of had to grow up on myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if you heard, I spoke on another podcast about a very traumatic experience um, in a tennis school. Basically, you know, I was physically bullied for the first year that oh, I was wow. there, which led to the downfall of my tennis game. Wow so basically six boys kind of uh, not appreciating my skin color or my hair yeah. color or whatever it might be Yeah. Um, so that actually led to the downfall of my tenants but it was at this age where i had an option to either basically kill myself because it was just horrendous oh, wow. or harness that unconsciously and learn yeah. how to deal with with um, with you know such an such an experience yeah um, so it, over the next three to four years, I was alone, obviously, in Texas. Yeah. But I was trying to think, what am I going to do with my life, my career? I'm actually going to make it in tennis or not? And after playing on uh, on the tour, yeah. I actually hit a ranking of uh, top 1,000. I decided to do my university and yeah. see if I could balance education and athletics. So I played college tennis for yeah. South Carolina University um, in America. And as you know, college sports in the U.S. is considered... Bigger than Ben, yes, my else. mate played so, college
0: soccer, yes, so I understand yeah
1: yeah um, so that was my way to continue playing tennis, yeah, um, but I also thought I need to study, so I decided to pursue a degree in business administration for no reason except my dad was a businessman,
2: yeah, um yep.
1: but it was here, Isaac, that I got exposed to various classes um I was forced to take. Classes by my supervisor on yep. weaknesses that I have. So he made me take public speaking. Oh. He made me take um, religion. He made me study yep. Bible, um, arts,
2: oh, wow. photography. Yeah, uh,
1: so things that had nothing to do with business. Yep. My supervisor said, "Koshek, you have a certain background at the moment. Let's yep. see if we can shift it um, and get you out of your comfort zone." So I was sweating bullets when I, you know, did my public speaking course, yeah, wow. which was all filmed. Um, but I would have to close the loop on that and say, Isaac, that the university that I went to and yep. the classes that I took yep. didn't really hone in on sustainability or management. Uh, yeah,
0: okay. So, it was learnt on the job.
1: Gave different sort of um, uh, skill sets um, that I think is very important uh, as part of an education. Yeah. yeah so that's no. where I studied basically.
0: Wow. Well, you covered a, a lot there. That's a <laughs> fantastic story and sad as well. You know, my mother... Mm was, uh, you know, abuse and, and the um, community she mm. grew up with, tr- traditional indigenous community, mm. um, you know, rations, grog, alcoholism, violence. And yet yeah, she was the same. Her option was to, you know, kill herself, took herself down to the river. And mm. um, she had a spiritual encounter, which led to mm. her being able to process that and handle those incidents and then and making her stronger in the future. So you took some public classes and a tennis there's the things you learn from that's why I love this podcast because I get to hear people's stories that 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 where's the other forum that they can share it and and I, this podcast provides that, which I absolutely love. um so let's go into what you're doing now and before we start, so a lot of the work you do is around sustainability, which we've sort of learned yeah. now that you've pretty much learned that on the job as you've gone along. Is that because you've identified a weaknesses in some of the organizations you're working with and going you know? I know we'll solve, sur- sur- you know, solve this and bring a sort of a circular economy, or bring you know more buy-in from the team, or how did how did that come about?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Isaac. And just sorry, I just want to add one thing before we. need to go. The beauty of this podcast is learning about you know different stories and so on. Even your your grandmother's story, Isaac. Yeah. And 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 yours and your you know your other uh, kind of speakers and everything. I, you're absolutely right. You know there there are some incidents that some might consider. Uh, you know, overwhelming or just yeah. too much. And yeah. when you hear about the inspirational way of, like, your grandmother's connection, you know, spiritual connection or yeah. or anything else, these are the sort of things that that just, you know, gives you those goosebumps. Yeah. Um, and when, as you're talking about your grandma, I had that, that goosebumps. I mean, I know there's a lot of suffering in this world. There's lots yeah. of things, you know, there's lots of bad.
3: Yeah, um, of course. But I
1: think, you know, people ask me today, you know, who do you look up to yeah. in life? Um, sorry, this is probably something you might want to hear at the end, but I have to say, um, the people that I look up to in life, Isaac, are not the people who put a smile on my face. Yeah. They're not the people who tell me what I want to hear.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, This is probably a different way of thinking, but they're not the people that make me feel at ease or comfortable. The people yeah. I look up to are the people who challenge me who borderline almost give me a super hard time yeah. um, who actually actually have no confidence. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, in their rant or in their advice or in their perspective or in their view, yeah. there's some nugget which you can basically add to your arsenal because,
2: yeah.
1: uh, and you know, this with each difficult situation, you just become that much more stronger. Um, yeah. And I've probably had some experiences in my life professionally and personally, which are things that people should not experience in their lifetime Um, but you know, like what your grandma experienced for me, Mm. I, today I look forward to those experiences because I learned something, um, which I can keep, uh, in future conversations, you know, that it builds that level of resilience. It it just equips you to face a lot of skepticism, um, and, you know, potential disbelief in what you're all about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Which
1: is an area that, as I said earlier, not everyone gets. I got into this field by accident.
2: Yeah.
3: Um,
1: and I talk to a lot of people today, a lot of kids, a lot of students who want to get into the sustainability field. And they say, yeah. Koshik, why did you get into this field? How did you get into it? And how can we get into it? You know, we're not sure. We're studying sustainability at yeah. the uni or that yeah. uni. Yeah. Um, but the, where do you start? Um, I got into the field by pure luck. Yeah. Um, when I was doing my MBA, Isaac in Sydney, um, I was planning to have a career in sales and marketing yeah. um, but this internship opportunity came up with a fortune 500 company to build a carbon footprint measurement tool for them yeah they wanted to track their carbon emissions across their apac operations yeah, yeah. um and that was it and i actually turned it down
3: yeah wow. <laughs> 12 years ago
1: because i said i'm not really sure what this s word means which is yeah. sustainability and yeah, yeah. Um, i frankly What's don't care. Yeah. Um, so I've I kind of been on both sides of the coin, um, but basically what they said is no, please come in, listen to the supervisors of, of this company, see what they have to say, yep. and if you believe in what they say, then you take up this opportunity. And if you don't, there's no no issues. I went in, I listened to them, their ten minute pitch about sustainability and yep. their vision for what they wanted to achieve for this company, and I was kind of sold. Yeah. So got in, did that, developed some energy efficiency opportunities, saved them a, a few dollars. Um yep. but Then I did a PhD. And it was when I was doing my doctorate in this sustainability sphere that I quickly realized, researching so many different companies and organizations, yeah. I felt yeah. there was a gap, as you rightly pointed out. Yeah. And there was a really an opportunity. This is going back a few years now. So there was a, a, a bigger gap. And I thought companies are doing one thing really, really well, which is yep. you know maximizing their financial bottom line. Yep. But they seem to be seeing sustainability as a band-aid or as an add-on yeah. rather than an integrated way of thinking. Which yep. um, uh, is my PhD was my triple bottom line way of thinking. So I thought, okay, let me let me finish my doctorate and yep. let me actually see if I can have an impact in this in this, spa- in this space in Australia, yep. both with my passionate hat on, but also my pragmatic hat on. Um, and so. I started my career in management consulting. You know, every day a different co- a project in a different – so today might be human rights. Tomorrow yep. it might be ethical supply. Yeah, today wow. might be yep. climate change reporting and then assurance uh, for different industries as well. I think. Yeah, I, wow. I guess the reason I got appreciate my consulting career is you learn a lot very quickly. You yep. might get stretched. You might yep. potentially get confused on which area are you most – willing to work in, which industry do you want to work on? Yeah, of and course. the beauty of sustainability, is there's so many topics. Um, um, so I quickly realized after going through all these different projects that what I want to do is I want to work on implementing a triple bottom line way of thinking in businesses. So as you said earlier, it is not tokenistic. It shouldn't be tokenistic. Yeah. Um, it actually has to come with a purpose, but also keeping a clear vision on the financial bottom line. Yeah, this is yeah. what I love to do. And so I said, all right, enough of consulting. I want to actually be in-house and build sustainability programs from scratch.
2: Yeah, wow. So I want to
1: go into companies that don't necessarily understand what the S word means, because yep. that was my experience initially. Um, uh, you know, a company where there might be some non-believers, a company where there might be a <laughs> lot of challenges. And and use my experiences, you know, the the, the bullying experience which taught yeah. me resilience, yeah. the, the you know the, the 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 internship experience which taught me to kind of articulate what the S word means.
2: Yes. Um.
1: So basically, a sweet spot for my skills was to go to companies and build things from scratch. I yep. thought. Um, so what I do today is I work for. Uh, one of the largest healthcare companies in Australia was from the ASX
2: Um,
1: and you know uh, we've done some great things in the past around sustainability but really my role was to say okay we've done these things kind of sporadically and ad hoc can we actually build a a strong program that has really powerful economic environmental and social impact and I guess an outcome that I can share with you today which will actually be public in our sustainability report um, that's going to be published in two weeks is Uh, Through the projects that that we have implemented through the sustainability program, we're actually going to have operational savings that are in the millions
0: per year. Yeah, wow.
1: Um, you know, so that's wonderful for the financial bottom line, but then also the amount of environmental impact in removing carbon emissions from the atmosphere—that's an amazing environmental impact. Yeah. But then there's also social impact from some of the projects we do around health and well-being, you know, for our clients and our staff. Yeah, um,
2: right. So yeah.
1: I think that's that's really what I've always wanted to do, yeah. um, and I think that's what I do today, and that gives me the best professional and personal satisfaction. Like, when I wake up out of bed every morning, Isaac, I yep. you not, my wife is always annoyed. She says, why do you wake up with a smile? And, I and say, you haven't even had I a
0: coffee that yet. That's right. Sorry? What's that? You got a, I said, you haven't even had a coffee yet and you're already no, smiling. No, I haven't
3: even had a coffee.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I love that as well. We um, we looked at the dollar spend of uh, Bunjil, um, you know, our company, and um, it was 19 cents on the dollar was going mm. back to social enterprises indigenous mm. businesses and non-for-profits and then we tracked that down to how much employment hours that created and coming away from that for the last financial year it was something the guys really were proud of and we've got it on our board and a lot of the execs that come mm. into the office and from state government are really blown away by it. but it's very it's simple it's very simple to mm. track it's very simple to go you know, we just didn't spend and throw money at a problem. We mm. actually needed these businesses to achieve our projects and, mm. and satisfi- satisfaction for our clients. And we went in a genuine connection and there's mm. an exchange there. And um, it reminds me of uh, someone who told me that in, in places like New York, if you spend a dollar with the Jewish community, it's, you know, 40 days that that dollar is going through the community before it leaves. And you look at some of the African-American communities, it's one day. So, I couldn't imagine mm. the indigenous community or even the the greater Australian economy, you mm. know, how, how in, intentional are we about being sustainable on an economic basis instead mm. of trying to get the best deal and trying to get a short-term result by thinking, you know, 10, 15 years what does the business look like? What, is, what does operations look like? What does technology change? Um, and and I think that's so important. And what you do is very important. I think it's going to be a skill set that's going to be in mm. huge demand in the next um, 10, 20, 30 years, especially when we got electric cars coming online, we got hydrogen mm. storage. People are going, okay, mm. it's out there, that's great, but how do I actually... Bring this into our existing system, and I like how you said you came into it by accident. Because I got a lot of people as well, meet a lot of electrical engineers working for big ASX companies, and they're hmm. like, "Oh, I wish I could do what you do, Isaac. You go around and you, you have you have access to multiple solutions, yep. um, you know, agnostic." And I bring that in for the client, and they're happy with that. And they're like, "How did you get into it? Where did you study?" And I said, "Actually, I had a separate trade, and I hmm. got offered a job in a startup, which was off-grid renewables." And mm. I was like tentative about it. I actually said no twice, <laughs> and then the owner was like, "No, come on!" Like he's like, "Seriously, like this is going to be big. This is, you know, not yeah. his business, but he says this industry is is going to take off in Australia." And uh, this was back in Queensland, so I reluctantly right. said yes. I thought in my head, "Well, I'm I'm still young, so if it if it turns if it turns out terrible, then I can just go back to my tools, go back to my trade." And yeah. it turned out it turned out all right. So, um, and then except for when I went into residential and commercial, but that's another story. Um, but now, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, you've got to offer that expertise, but then you've also mm. got to offer an actual solution for someone at some no point, like you said, going into, here's your sustainability program, here's a document, mm. you know, post that on your, on your, you know, yearly report or put it on your website, but it's actually, what does that document mean in real time and practical time, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think just to add to that, Isaac, um, uh, one of the key things for a sustainability professional or someone who wants to kind of, you know, get into this field and, and gain a lot of traction is it's the first thing, which may sound really, really simple, yeah. is defining it, Yeah. defining what this word means. Because just in our conversation, we've touched on sustainability from a financial and a non-financial sense, but we get it, right? So if you think yeah. about someone who's not sure, when you say sustainability, they might think, oh, so fine, you know maximizing profits rather than um, maximizing impact Um, and with as you said earlier in the beginning of the podcast I wear different hats and the reason I wear different hats is I strategically try to choose stakeholders that I want to work with where you know we can we can advance this agenda through various different ways so obviously I have my full-time role which is working in large businesses driving sustainability and change but I also lecture at universities yeah Um, you know I've lectured at pretty much all the major Melbourne universities and the reason I love teaching is with the students. this is the next generation this is the cream of the crop that's going to kind of inherit and have you know drive the change for the next generation and if you can get sustainability, not just as a siloed one-dimensional thing into their head, yeah. but actually say you're a bachelor or master's of finance, you're this, you're that yeah. supply chain. Yeah. But this is how this sustainability word or agenda aligns with what, you're, what you actually want to do, what your passion is. Yeah. So when you get into the business, you're not just thinking one-dimensional, you're thinking multi-dimensional.
2: Yeah. So that's
1: why I love teaching because then I'm interacting with the next cream of the crop. Yeah. Um, but I, And the third thing I do is I coach startups.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: with
1: another university's accelerator program, yeah. and in fact, I just had a chat with a startup uh, about an hour and a half ago
2: yeah. um,
1: about building a value proposition and how sustainability kind of fits into all of that. So yeah, wow. by engaging large businesses, by engaging students, um, but also engaging startups, because I, you know, you're talking about social enterprise model and and the, you know the impact. That the startups and social enterprises, etc., can have yep. without in, in this in this area without actually calling it sustainability is massive.
0: Oh, it's um, huge, yeah! And, so and you're creating that tribe, isn't it? You're creating that's it. people. Exactly. Not only that, you're actually helping people who are going to go yes. and share with the person at the pub or at dinner. And word of yep. mouth is still so underrated. If people had a great experience, they're going to tell everyone about it. It's exactly. like when you find a good mechanic like no no yep. you got to go down to to Ringwood or you've got to go down to Johnny's down here because you had such a great experience
1: that's it yep exactly Fantastic. and i think that's that's the that's the beauty of what we do because i think generally people are willing to listen Yep. Um, because it's it's still sort of I don't want to say new but it's it, not everyone knows about this, this sustainability thing and how yes, it's right. uh, essential part of you know thinking personally and professionally yep. so you, you will always find a way to get an audience um, and when you that, that first two minutes with the audience is where you articulate that definition and why it's relevant to what they do um, and once yep. you make it stick, then it's there, you know, for almost forever. So um, It's yeah, good that's and that's having your expertise too
0: with the, the young students is um, yeah. telling them about, you know, championing it because at times it gets tough and you will doubt yourself and mm. someone comes in and says, look, this is just, you know, not working. It's going to cost us more than it's going to give us but knowing that it's going to work and knowing that it has worked for people before, I think mm. is so important. So, let's finish up with Absolutely. your future. Yeah. Kashyyyk, what's what lies ahead are you moving back to Nigeria or you know, <laughs> stick around Australia for a bit longer
1: Oh moving back to Nigeria that would be under different circumstances Isaac if I'm thinking of a career change
3: yeah. um, <laughs>
1: just kidding um, so what lies ahead so I guess I'm probably not those you know one of those people, uh, whether it's a good or bad thing, I don't think too far ahead. Yep. I'm not sure if that's a bad thing. I'm, I really live in the present. Yeah. Um, but I do have what I call the dot approach, which I've mentioned in a few podcasts. But um. The dot is what I learned a long time ago from yep. a stakeholder when I was doing my PhD. Who said, "You know, uh, he, I, at that time I wanted to change the world." And he said, "You know, come in. I'll give you a bit of a reality check." Yeah. You know, he drew a circle on a white piece of paper and said, "This white circle. Sur- you know, this the the white space inside that circle is yep. the depth and breadth of the knowledge that exists in this universe." Took a yep. pencil, put a dot in there, and said, "That's the impact you're going to have yeah, not only wow. with your current studies but also with your professional and personal life." So. Be happy with that dot. Figure out what that dot is, and just get to it.
3: Yeah, um, so I awesome. believe
1: my dot is what I do at the moment. Um, you know, my dot is uh, first and foremost to to you know my, my uh, to keep my wife happy.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm just be <laughs> that's a mind. good first uh, step approach. Podcast, yes, family first. Yes, is,
1: yeah, family first. You know, my stakeholders, my most important ones are my family, yeah. and keeping them happy and making sure everything is all good there. Yeah, that's right. Um, the next dot, professionally, is to is to facilitate change. It's not to go into, I mean, I would love to, but it's not to go into organizations that get it. Yeah. But I want to go into organizations that don't get it yeah, and good. build momentum because it's the ones that don't get it that we're trying to facilitate a lot more change. Yeah. Um, so I like to go in and have difficult conversations and really explain the value proposition and the business proposition of sustainability. Yeah. So three to five to 10 years from now, Um, you know, what would I like to do? I would like to be in another large company or in in the same company that I am, and just keep building momentum, keep building impact, um, and really kind of, um, uh, in a good way, broadcast the company's impact to stakeholders who would have thought, oh, 10 years ago, there is no way I thought this brand would be associated with that impact. Yeah. I want to continue teaching as well, Isaac. Yeah. Um, you know, I absolutely love interacting with students because that gives me a different lens into, uh, uh, into this, this conversation because they come at it from a pure, in a different way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they ask questions which are completely left field. And if you can answer that really well, that's a, that's a great feeling. Um, but I just want to continue doing what I do. That's really my plan for the future.
0: That's fantastic, and you do what well, you do well. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall when you're sitting in a room with uh, some cranky s- stakeholders, and you're there <laughs> trying to pitch the uh, S word, which is sustainability. So fantastic! Thanks so much for coming on, uh, Kashyyyk. I'm really Thanks, um, appreciative of your time. Now you're a busy man, and um, I look forward yeah. to getting you on in the future sometime to catch up.
1: No, thanks Isaac. I'm a big fan of, of the work you do. Um thanks, you know at Bunjil and also at the podcast and um and I truly believe the impact you're having, Isaac, is it's amazing. So I look forward to keeping a track of, of your progress and um yeah, I look forward to the next coffee.
0: <laughs> no worries, you too, mate. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks, thanks. Isaac.
0: Bye.